Big Kev, how are you going? Yep, Palo, good to speak to you. So well, what we're going to do, what we're going to do today is we're going to turn the tables and I'm going to ask the questions and um, Palo is going to answer them. Okay. Which is, which, which is yeah. a good idea. Yeah. So the reason good. behind this is, yeah, that's right. This is, yeah, this is what it's like when you're being interviewed, when you're interviewee, interviewer. Anyway, yeah. the reason behind this is because, um, because um, Pat does such a such a lot of work for the backyard ultra community. The last the last couple of years, thirty six episodes. This is number thirty seven. I counted them today. <laughs> the last since September two thousand twenty two. So you've been uh, very active, and um, you yourself come over to WA, mm. Ram Birdies, which is one of my favourite backyard ultras, and I'm sure you'll agree with me. What it's definitely one of the most scenic, and um, we'll go through that, of course, in this episode. But not only did you come over and run it, you took a podium place. You took a podium place, third place male, um, fourth overall with Margie winning, and one lap or one yard off second place with Carl Douglas, as we discussed, 34 laps, which was a PB, I'm assuming, Pado? Yeah, the previous best was 26, which I did at MVP earlier this year. The, um, there you go. Yeah, so 35 I was happy with. I was really happy with it because it was a PB, but that podium thing, I think that was one of the things that got me is because um, I knew I had secured third place or third male and that kind of um, gave me a reason to to not quit but kind of mentally. I was, I was pretty mentally fatigued and I think that that th podium spot is what got me. Yeah, and, and that's what a backyard ultras are all, all about. That sums it up, Pato, really, to me. You yeah. know, um, if Carl had gone on, you know, even another, you know, 5, 10, 15 laps, who knows? You, you may have carried on or the, or, the, or the person who came third. Just to, and that podium dangled in front of you is enough to get you those extra few laps. It's, it's similar to me and myself and um, Phil, you know, um, at Herdy's where I was going to pull the pin at 33 because I was quite happy. Yeah. I think I was second or third male. And then everyone dropped out and I, I was the assistant. All of a sudden, you know, you go an extra 13 yards, an extra 13 hours. Yeah. Only because then I couldn't I couldn't pull the pin because, um, you know, I, I, the whole whole event would have stopped. So it's interesting you say that. And, and I think that really sums up what um, how it goes from, after a certain point, it definitely goes from more mental than physical. Because I, I agree, I think you probably could have carried on. But the opportunity, all of a sudden, you know, I don't think you were expecting a podium when you came over, were you? Well, I wanted to run a PB. Uh, I knew, like, there were so many good runners there, though. Um, yeah, look, as, as the field started thinning out, I started, that's when I started thinking about it. And I only realised a few days before the race that the Ultra Series, um, Backyard Ultras actually recognise first, second and third males, mm -hmm. well, um, first, second and third males and females. So... When I found out that, that was when I started keeping an eye on that side of things. And, um, yeah, I think that's – well, it was definitely playing on my mind. It was de yeah, I definitely made it a goal. I definitely made it a goal yeah, to finish yeah. top three. So at 34, you pulled you pulled out. and then. Um, but if someone had said to you, Carl, who got second, is going to pull out at 35, you wouldn't have pulled out at 34, would you? You would have gone 36. Yeah, if I knew. Well, I actually timed out on 35. I, okay, you know, right. I I went out fully 
fully expecting to finish the loop, but then, but knowing, because I think Aaron Young and also Chris, they finished on 33. So it was on the, so I finished 34, knew I had third sewn up, went out on 35, and then halfway through the loop, I stopped running. And I just thought I didn't wasn't going to make the time. And I pulled out my phone and um, messaged um, a few, well, messaged uh, Tim Kay, Matt Doobie, and Ben Nichols. They're on a, a group chat thing. So I messaged them saying, I'm going to time out. And I sent them this photo of the course. And it was the, if you looked at the photo, it was the most beautiful photo of a runnable course you've ever seen in your life. And they wrote back, just run. And I said, okay, I'll try. So I ran and I was feeling so good, but I missed out by two minutes. But that run back, trying to make the time, my body was feeling as good as it had, like, for hours. So I was pretty annoyed with myself. Yeah, and and that's it. And that's the thing with um, with, with backyard ultras, you know. Everyone says, everyone says I'm big in a timeout, you know, everyone. But then when push comes to shove, you know, I've done it myself. I think I've only ever timed out maybe once in nine attempts. And every time I go to timeout, I go to time. You just, you can find excuses. You can always find an excuse not to timeout and not to go and not to go on the lap either. Yeah, I've got, I've got 30, I think birdies for me last year, I've got 36, Hmm. which is, you know, another another milestone and that was it and there was a big storm coming <laughs> i just thought you know what i've yeah. got 36 yards i ain't gonna get 48 which is a pb with this massive storm coming it's, it's like 10 11 coming up to midnight i thought you know what i'm gonna time out go and get in the back of my car and the prado lay there and just enjoy the storm in the back <laughs> of my car <laughs> and exactly what happened it was a horrendous storm came in and the rest of the guys i think at the time yeah i think at the time me and Carl must have timed out Maybe fourth, fourth male. We both, me and Carl Douglas again both times down to thirty six. But that was, the, yeah, that was the reason. I thought, you know what, I'm just going to lay in the car and enjoy it. But so you can always think of excuses, but that's great to get, you know, to, to time out on lap thirty five. Yeah. So what did you think of the actual whole event? Because Lake Lake Tower Ringning is such a special place, isn't it? It's just yeah. so special. It was such a good race, such a good experience. Like I loved how the whole yeah. caravan park was booked at just for the people involved in the race. And the whole, um, all the marquees lined up and down the start and finish um, point was so good. Um, yeah, I loved the whole vibe behind it. Everyone was so supportive. It, it's such a good community over there in WA, the yeah. ultra running community. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was really good also just like because I, knew a lot of the people there from doing this podcast it was really fun actually running with with them for the first time yeah because you because obviously um phil was the race director because um, mm. it's a bit a bit too close to the worlds for, for phil so um and then obviously uh rob and aaron were there you know those two and margie of course you know those three really well from the yeah. uh, team championships yeah. Yeah, and Jess and, um, was, that Smith a, was there too. Uh, Rob, Jess as well. Yeah. Jess, of course, yes. You yeah, Rob Jess. Parsons, Brad Halls. So, yeah, there were heaps. Of, and heaps, and quite a few people actually came up to me and told me um, that they listened to the podcast. Like, like, they introduced themselves to me as well, which was pretty cool. That's, it's the price of fame, Pat. It's the price of fame. You better get used to it. <laughs> it's a pity it's a podcast because if, if you did videos, you'd know what you look like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I was always the problem, is 
you know, I was wondering, how do they know it's me? But some people That's actually right. knew it was me because they heard me talking. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. it'd be quite surreal, wouldn't it? If, if, it, if you didn't realise you were there, you'd be at birdies, you know, just, just chewing the fat, and then suddenly you'd start talking, and they'd go, I know your voice. I yeah. know your voice. I don't know where from, but I, I, don't, I just don't know your face. Yeah. <laughs> Now it's good, well, and people, a lot of people listen. Of course they do. You know, as I said, it's uh, it's going gangbusters, going gangbusters. And um, is that the first time you met Sean Kessler? Yeah, yeah, it was actually. He actually ran in it too. So I ran um, uh, half a lap or a whole lap with him. We had a good bit of a chat. He had no idea who I was. He ne never heard of the podcast before, and I, I didn't, I didn't mention it to him or anything. But yeah, we had a good chat. Yeah, he's a good bloke. Oh, he's someone. I was looking at all the people you've had on board. You need to get Sean, Sean yeah. on this. He 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 loved to. So obviously, you know, I think he's he's birdies. Birdies was the first ever backyard archer in WA, and that was 2019, and it was an invite only. Um, I think there was only 20 or so, no, 30 or 40 invites. You had to be invited by Sean, and I actually got one of the invites, and I, I was going to come along, but I was sick on the, on the weekends. So I couldn't make it. And it was called birdies because it was done this in in, in um, someone's backyard. Great, mm. great bird. Was supposed to call birdies. And um, the first one was an incredibly hard off-road trail um, before it moved to where it is now. Um, so that was two. Yeah, that was early two thousand nineteen. I'm not sure it's the first ever one. Uh, we'd have to maybe have a look I at think that. It might have been the second one in Australia because Miriam Wernett was number one. And birdies okay, was not go, that yeah. long after, but yeah, you can tell he's got a real passion for it, and that's one of the reasons why I think he decided to run in it rather than race direct because he just wanted to experience it as a runner. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's done a few. He, he did hysterical last year, but oh, yeah. the problem with Sean is, you know, Sean is um he's so passionate about what he does in the ultra series in WA and South Australia. Like it's not. It's not not enough to have an ultra series in your home home state. You have to go and do one in two states, and then you know all the travelling involved in that. You know, so he's got two backyard ultras in uh, in in WA and hurdies and birdies. And then he's got no time to die in hysterical carnage in South Australia, as well as as well as a two hundred mile trilogy, which we know about delirious, unreasonable, and irrational, and various other ultras and marathons. So the man is just um. He's on the. It's twenty four times seven, so he doesn't. He, he is a good ultra runner, but he mm. just doesn't get time to train. And he's got a new baby as well, new wife and a new baby. Mm. Plus, he's got about four or five kids from a previous marriage, and the man doesn't stop. <laughs> it's incredible. He's an incredible human being, and uh, one of the most genuine people in the world. And, and um, I can't talk highly enough of Sean, and he created Ultra Series, so you need to get him on board because um, yeah, just yeah, for I podcast. Yeah, I reckon um, that's a good idea, actually. Yeah. Oh, and he's a, he's a great guy to chat with. Yeah. Great guy. Yes, yes. So, um, yeah, Birdies is a special, is a, is a special, a special event. Like, like I suppose most of the backyard ultras, because you've done more than me, I'd, I'd say, because I've done hysterical and um, no time to die in Adelaide. But, but Birdies is more of the country one. I'm, I'm assuming it'd be a bit more like Dead Cow Gully, would it? More of the yeah, you know, ones, yeah. in the, more it trail was, ones. Yeah, it was probably more like Dead Cow Gully. It was most similar to Dead Cow Gully from the ones I've done because yeah. it was all on like trail, um, single track. Um, it was kind of like in the country, lots of trees, a few paddocks. So it was pretty similar to that. But I found it really nice underfoot as well. Like running through those paddocks was so nice. 
There was nothing hard. There was no, like, you kind of would have expected a lot to have to watch out for rocks and things like that, but there were no big rocks you had to worry about tripping over. I did trip over on a stick once, right, um, fell fell right over in front of the, some campers, which was a bit embarrassing, but um, that was all right. There's no there's no shame in falling over on trail races. <laughs> and and you, had the, you had the bridge. How was the bridge this year? Because that bridge, it depends how much water's about. I remember a couple of years ago, it was really wet. And um, the bridge got bigger and bigger because it's a, obviously, as you know, it's a homemade bridge, which they just do for the event to, to make it a, a circle. Yeah, so that bridge can be a bit intimidating sometimes. <laughs> well, there was a bit of a queue the fir- on the first loop, but after that, everyone was spread out, so it was no problem. But I was worried I'd fall in the water a couple of times, like at night time when I was really tired. I thought, gee, I could easily fall in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one's fallen in yet. You'd be the first. Apparently, you <laughs> fell in. <laughs> yeah don't tell sean that it'll make life jackets mandatory right <laughs> now i must admit I, put, I do like birdies and how are you with um with support because obviously you came over by yourself oh my girlfriend came with me so she crewed me the whole time we um Good. yeah and we had everything written out the whole nutrition plan everything what needed to be charged when everything needed to be brought out so she also crewed me at dead cow gully at the masters and we learned a whole heap from that one um so i only did 20 hours at dead cow gully at the masters you know i was pretty disappointed with that because we, we actually drove up it, we went at drove up which took three days i lasted 20 hours and then we drove home which took another oh, no. <laughs> so, so six days of driving for 20 hours <laughs> yeah. oh, no. um, so, so um did, have you picked up all the tips did you do did you do the full phil gore as i call it the full field goal where everything is down meticulous well, down to the last minute. He's, he's definitely given me a lot of inspiration as far as planning goes, making sure I've like what what he says, like I'll pretty much do. Like, I mean, he said to get some T8s, so I got some T8s. Yeah, yeah. Um, love T8s. All their um, nutrition plan loop by loop. Um, so, yeah, I write everything down now just to make it easier for the crew as well um yeah yeah, i think it's um yeah it just makes it so much easier um you don't have to worry about communications you have all your clothes ready to go everything like that so but um yeah a lot i learned a lot from the masters because it was freezing cold there at night time um and birdies was pretty cold too so i've made a lot of mistakes at dead cow gully i i didn't keep myself warm enough I, I think I ran too slow. Like the, the weeks leading up to the Masters as well, I wasn't running, I wasn't training. I don't think I was training properly. I was running really slowly and I was pretending I was running easy loops the whole, like for weeks leading. I didn't really put myself under any strain in any of my training runs. So leading up to birdies, I took a different approach. I was running faster. I was running longer, more mileage, and it made a huge difference. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. You know, um, Phil um, is uh, an incredible trainer. You know, he trains incredibly hard. Like I think last week he did a forty-two k. You know, like three three hours five, three hours ten. You know, just just a, an easy forty-two kilometers, an easy marathon. To him, is yeah. For him, he calls it Wednesday. You know, some people train all their lives for a marathon. For Phil, it's a it's a Wednesday morning trail, forty-two k's, just over three hours. Yes, yeah. he is incredibly fit. And you need to be incredibly fit for the sort of numbers Phil's looking at. Because even though I think 
a backyard archery is obviously there's a hell of a lot of mental involved. You still need the physical foundation to get to the stage where the mental yeah. mental toughness comes in. Yeah. So um, yeah, you need to you need to you need to train you need to train very hard. Um, I think my you know when I did years ago my best forty seven at Hurdies was off the back of training for Delirious. And that was the year when um, they cancelled Delirious. Delirious was meant to be in um, February, and it was cancelled. Um, what did they cancel that year? I'm not sure it was cancelled because it was cancelled because of COVID. I think mm. there was a couple of COVID cases, so they shut it a week a week before. I think there was one guy who had COVID in W at the time. There was no COVID, so we were fine. And anyway, it was cancelled, and it's moved to October. Yeah, but on the but from, but I, I had my delirious fitness and I, I hadn't run delirious, so I didn't destroy myself. So come March, I was fit as a butcher's dog, yeah. which allowed me to keep up with Phil to forty-seven, which was, was an Australian record at the time, and that was only a couple of years ago. Eh? You know, that was an Australian yeah. record. Now it's not even halfway. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. how it's changed. That yeah, was, well, this time, this time last year, this time last year, Ryan Crawford was the Australian record holder after. Finn Eastwood, um, and then it was broken again by Phil at the Sat Champs in October. So yeah, the the numbers like, increasing so quickly. Oh, incredible, incredible! Yes, that's forty to fifty to. I think Ryan was in the seventies, and then now um, Phil obviously got the world record. Mm. But uh, right, so let's look at talk about your journey. So, what was your first backyard archer? How many have you done? And um, well, it's going to compare to where you are now. Yeah, well, my first Backyard Ultra was MVP just last year, actually. Um, but it was in February last year. I did 16 loops. And I didn't know. Last year was the first year I actually had started running Ultras. Um, and I didn't, had never heard of Backyard Ultras before, but I was on Trails Plus website just trying to figure out what race was there. And I saw this Backyard Ultra thing, and I thought it sounded so much fun. Um <laughs> And I remember it was, I thought it sounded so much fun. I, it was about two in the morning because I was doing night shift at work and I sent an SMS to the phone number on the website saying, oh, can I buy a ticket or whatever? And they wrote back saying, oh, the tickets aren't on, tickets don't go on sale for two months or something like that. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I couldn't wait to oh, sign up. Yes. And, um, yeah, so I did 16 loops and I didn't know, I didn't know anything. Like all I did was I took some coconut water with me, some biscuits, and some water <laughs> and, and, yeah. and pretty oh, much it but it's, it's funny though because i remember i was when i was there i i i, I didn't i didn't know anything but i i, I truly thought i was going to win i was that close <laughs> oh, no. i really thought i was going to win i was going to say so, I, didn't so know, I didn't know anyone who'd ever done an ultra before and for some reason <laughs> i thought i was going to win so what? So what happened? To, so sixteen yards, sixteen laps. All of a sudden, you didn't think you were going to win. Yeah. Well, it was. It's in February, so in the middle of summer, um, so the beginning of February, and I think the temperature was about thirty-five or thirty-six degrees that day, and it started at seven p.m. at night. So I went through the night, and it's probably must have. That means it must have been about eleven or ten or eleven in the morning. It was starting to get hot. It was really sunny. I thought, yeah, this isn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. Um, I remember I was I started my seventeenth loop and people were running past me asking me if I was okay. And then 
Oh, no, that's, that's never a good sign. <laughs> I'm okay. I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to win this. I'm going to win it. I feel fine. <laughs> yeah. Why are and you then, all still running? <laughs> and then I went home and I checked. I, I was absolutely ruined. I went to bed. In the next morning, I checked the website and I saw that a couple of the guys, uh, Ben Nichols and Matt Doobie, they were still going. Um and Ben Nichols won at 41 hours. And I was just absolutely blown away. I just could not believe, could not believe it. Like how good, how amazing that was that they went for two nights for 41 hours in the middle of summer in that kind of where I was just blown away. Yeah, so maybe 16. But again, 16 hours is still a good first attempt. So that'd be, that's over 100K, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that, that's, so, a, that's, that's a good, that's a good, good start. Yeah, I think um, looking back at the preparation I had and how much I knew about what to eat and stuff like that, I think I did. I think I did pretty well. No, definitely, definitely. So, you have a crew, or are you just totally by yourself for that race? No, totally by myself. I remember I was just drinking coconut water, a can of coconut water between every loop, and that was it. <laughs> so many rookie errors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, what happened after? What's the next one after that? Yeah. So, then the next one after that was uh, Shepparton, which was just um, which was just over 12 months ago. And right. I'm doing it again in, in three weeks. Um, and that, that race was what inspired me to get, in, to get the podcast happening because. I really I wanted to improve at Shepparton. I thought, oh, there, there must be a podcast. There must be a Backyard Ultra podcast. So I just Googled Backyard Ultra podcast and nothing came up. And there were some pod, uh, ultra podcasts that had episodes here and there that were about Backyard Ultras, but there was nothing um, specifically for Backyard Ultras in a podcast. So I just thought, so I, I just thought I'll do it. I may, I'll start thinking about maybe I'll do it. And, um, yeah, and I and I did, but yeah, I did, and then I did twenty two hours at Shepherd, and I still didn't know anything. I pretty much followed the same formula, except I took oh, some no. Morton, I took some Morton gels with me as well. Um, so I had coconut water and some Morton gels and biscuits. And I went for well, twenty. It got an extra six hours, didn't it? So yeah. that's not too bad. <laughs> yeah. All right, so so after the twenty two hours after Shepherdson, and I'm assuming you learned a bit more. What was next? Yeah, well, the one after that was mvp which i did 26 hours and that, i was a lot better prepared for that one because i'd started the podcast i'd started speaking to all these good runners yeah. i'd learned about their strategies their nutrition how important having a crew was and all this type of stuff so mvp i had a whole nutrition plan written out my main goal was just to nail 24 hours and just see how i go yeah. um but i fell into the same kind of trap as i did at birdies because i finished 26 and there was four runners left um i started 27 and there was three who went out on 27 and i looked around and thought oh three only three runners left oh my knees are hurting i'll stop so and then the winner went on and uh, finished at 28 so I should have. Oh, <laughs> Pado, Pado, so you, yeah. you could have won that. That's what I mean. The thing is, you're, while well, you're doing that, they're doing it as well. See, they're, yeah. they're, they're doing the same thing as you're doing, and it's a case of um, 
you know, who's going to blink first? Because you're like, yeah. you know, oh, that would have been good to win it. Mm. But again, if you carried on, who knows? You know, that guy or the person who won it, I assume it's a male, the two of you may have gone to 30 or 40 because mm. uh, when when you're the assistant, there's just two of you, uh, it, it does change. So yeah. All of a sudden, the, the win is there. Well, I must admit, I've been I've been um, assist to Phil Gore on two occasions, and not once did I ever think I was ever going to beat him. <laughs> it really was a case of all I was doing was prolonging the agony so Phil could get one more than me. You know, for, <laughs> for um, hysterical and uh, and birdies, and both times it's the case of uh, Phil is just uh, so much, just such a better athlete, and about yeah. twenty years younger. So um, uh, it, it was a case of uh, I'll just try and go as long as possible to get Phil a better total. But all right, so there you go. So you're getting better. You you you're, you're moving up. What was next after so, that? So then after that, that I yeah. So the 26 that um, got gave me a lot of confidence. I thought, okay, I'll go and sign up for the backyard masters um, at Dead Cow Gully, which was in June that we just had. Um, I look, I, it was, I, after I did my 26 at MVP, I think I went into the Masters thinking I was a little bit better than I actually was or am, and I I was kind of thinking this will be easy again. And I thought 24 hours won't be a problem. But I did go in there with a full nutrition plan, crew and everything like that, but for some reason I just wasn't, wasn't feeling it. It could have been the three-day drive, but the nights were freezing. The nights were freezing and I wasn't putting on enough clothes. I didn't have any warm soup or anything like that, which I discovered was probably a mistake and I made a change at birdies from that. So, yeah, I was running my 21st loop at night and I knew I was running slowly, so I thought I'm not going to stop and walk. I'll run the whole way and if I run the whole way, I won't possibly time out. But I was running so slow, I, I still timed out. Oh, well, it's, it's good that you actually, again, it sounds like it sounds like you're pretty good. You, you know, you're not tapping out, you're timing out, which is uh, I'm impressed with. Mm. Yeah, well, that that's, I was pretty, dis I was very disappointed in myself, but I was so glad I had signed up for birdies because I, I knew I was better than that. And birdies was only six weeks after, and I thought, oh, yeah. I am going to make amends for this at birdies. And, um, and yeah, I, I think I did. I definitely did. Of course, you did. You know, 30, yeah. 34, timing out 35 is great. Mm. 230Ks. What about your training? Do you think you've, um, over the last year, year and a half, you, you've been, have you been putting in on a week by week basis, putting in more Ks? Mm, yeah, I'm trying to average 100Ks a week at least. It kind of um, goes up and down because of work, though, because I'm a shift worker. So some days I will have more days off so on the on the weeks when i have more days off i can easily do 130 140 um yeah. this year's easily my highest as far as mileage goes because i've started running home from work which is an extra five kilometers a day um yeah. i never used i didn't do that last year or the year before i've only been running for four years so yeah i've started running home from work and it makes a massive difference as well because it's 5k's with a backpack on and sometimes when i'm running a backyard ultra i can think this is just like i can just pretend i'm running home from work because it's not easy running home with a heavy backpack yeah. on 
Um, no, no, t- totally agree. Totally agree. You know, you, you look at um, you look at Phil. Mm. Um, you know, he's on commute number five thousand six hundred and sixty-two, <laughs> whatever it is. You know, he's got some yeah. uh, horrendous commute, and, he, and his commute changes on a daily basis and becomes twenty to twenty thirty k's, five k, ten k. You know, but he uses his commute to, to get up the the weekly the weekly mileage, and uh, it's something I used to do as well in the good old days. Mm. I tend to cycle the work now rather than run, but it's a, it's a good way to find some k's. Yeah, um, without affecting your social life, etc. Or um, yeah. so no, you, you need to. I think 100k a week is is minimum. Mm. Um, and, it, and and to me, I'm a big believer in, in distance. You know, there's no junk miles. Distance. You know, if you can do more, do more mm. without getting injured, of course. But as I said, for backyard ultras, it's, it's not really about speed. This is just about general cardio fitness. So the, the more you can run, the fit you're going to be, the better you're going to be. Yeah, and also as well, of course, you're getting you, you're learning, you're learning to do a proper field goal. You know, you're learning what works for you. You need more than coconut oil and bis- coconut water, sorry, and biscuits to, to to get the sort of distances you're doing now. When you, when you get to the second night, you know, you need a good nutrition plan. You need your hydration. You need your mental toughness. You need your crew. You need to change your clothes. It, it becomes a, a logistical, logistical nightmare, really. Um, and Phil was certainly taking it to the next level. I'm not sure about the rest of the the rest of the um, Australian crew going across to the states. I'm pretty sure that most of them now must have the same sort of, um, well, I'd say, yeah, the same sort of uh, preparation as Phil. Yeah. I suppose you you've seen them more than me. Did you did you see that at the uh, at the teams or Dead Gully lately? Or oh, did you see right. the rest of the <laughs> yeah, runners? Dead Cow. The Very thing is, Dead Cow Gully. I didn't really see um, his setup at Dead Cow Gully, but the thing that I was that most stood out about him is how strong he looked. He was always yeah, yeah. first in the corral and he was always the fastest off um, at the start of each loop. Um, and it would, it would have just running against him and just seeing him first in that corral every time and just seeing the back of him at the start of every loop would have been demoralising. I re- Like it would have just, it would have been um, really tough. And... Um, I reckon that Sam Harvey bloke who ran 101 hours wow, yeah. as his wow, assist, yeah. like he's a he's a mentally tough dude. He's a mentally oh yeah, oh yeah, because he he won it, didn't he? Win a backyard ultra a few weeks after. Yeah, yeah, yes, only two weeks. Um, that's right, that's right. Yeah. Did he, he, did, he, he did win, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any any one one earlier this year with broken ribs as well, so. He's no stranger wow, to yeah. running through pain. But it was funny because when I finished at Birdie's, like they asked, what, why did you, Phil asked, what, why did you pull out? And I told him, oh, my legs were sore. He's like, they're meant to be sore. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you, yeah, Phil, Phil, if, you, if Phil ever asks us, you, you haven't got an answer. Because <laughs> whenever yeah. you say Phil's just going to poo poo it, you know, you, <laughs> um, you know, Phil, when you're talking to someone who's done 100 and two hours you know and his his knees probably hurt as well sometimes yeah. in 102 hours you know so uh, he's very mentally tough so if, if he asks you why you pulled out you just want to say phil i'm just weak okay i'm just weak yeah. <laughs> because there's no way that you got a proper excuse yeah. <laughs> unless well, you've broken something or you're, I mean, in, or you're gonna bleed out <laughs> well i mean it is the truth i mean like, i i did have a moment of mental weakness on that um yeah, 44th yeah. hour and it's something that I'm, I've learned from. And next time, instead of stopping on the spot and just standing there playing on my phone, I'm actually going to like walk 
because uh, I, I would have yeah, had yeah, if yeah. I if I walked for an extra ten minutes because I was running my loops in about between forty five and forty eight minutes. So if I even yeah, just yeah. walked for ten minutes more than usual, I still would have made time easily. Um, yeah. So that's something that I'm going to have to just remember next time. Yeah, and I say it's, it's probably every person who, who does this does time out will probably uh, have. A, you know a reason next time i'm going to do this and and, that, and that's what you do you learn paddle you learn and next time you will you know next time you'll be in that situation be it 30 40 even 50 laps and you're going to go you'll be on your phone going oh i said no you know i had a conversation with kev and i said i'm just going to keep keep moving forward if i keep moving forward i can still look at my phone but i just got to keep moving forward to give me the opportunity yeah. to finish if i stand here playing on my phone time, you know the time ain't stopping the sand is coming out so um yeah Keep moving forward. Yeah. Good, good, good. All right. So, uh, give for my questions. God, it's only question two. That was question one. <laughs> I've got 125 questions to get through. <laughs> <laughs> this could be worse than a backyard ultra. Right. Question, you go. question two. Question. Now, we done question two. Talk about your journey, which is a great journey. And it's moving in the right direction. Right. Next, what training have you trained to keep improving and what have you implemented from all yeah. your podcast content? What have you learned from talking to all these legends? What's the well, major major takeaways? Yeah, well, first of all, as far as training goes, I've, I've definitely increased the amount of elevation as well. Like I've started running oh, yeah, up, good, good. added a lot more hills um, into my repertoire. Like So I've done over 25,000 metres of elevation this year which is already more than i did last year um Good. but yeah look every single guest i've had on <clears throat> has have they've given me something like everyone is so happy to share their knowledge um if, if, i've learned something from every single guest but <clears throat> the most yeah look off the top of my head i can't really think of anything specific but the thing that really I didn't know the first thing about Sam Harvey when I when he came on the podcast, and he and he came on. He, the best he'd ever done was forty six hours, and he said, "I'm going to break a hundred hours," and he was just so confident. And I think that that wow. his that confidence and mental strength he's ha he has is something that that I admire. It's um, something that I've got to try and do myself because like he, he would he would have kept on running if like but well, he says he could have kept on running for 150 hours but i, I don't know if that's true because he looks like he was he was ready to die but what he did like it was in, like for some he looked like he was going to die and he just kept on doing loop after loop wow yeah that's <laughs> i'm expecting big things from him really in the uh, in the states you know, yeah. um, he's, a, he's a dark horse. He's yeah. a dark horse. Because um, obviously, Phil, Phil would have been suffering as well. You know, you, you don't, you don't run one hundred and two. Yeah, one hundred. But, um, but by the but by the sounds of it, what, what did what did Phil look like towards the end? Was was he still just oh. cruising? Do you think? No, I've got no doubt he would have gone. He could have gone another day for sure. Oh wow! Wow, big call. Yeah, he was just like he was in the zone. Like he. I wouldn't say he looked as fresh as a daisy, but um, like the difference between him and Sam at the end, it was like 
chocolate cheese. Pork and cheese, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Again, I wonder I wonder how much how much running Sam does, you know, we'd have, we'd have, maybe we'd have to follow him on Strava and have a look because I, I know that Phil's ramping it up. He's got a good coach now with Rob Dongersler from Mind Focus Running because, mm-hmm. um, you know, Phil's coach is, um, as well as being a physical coach, you know, helping him with all the, with all the actual Strava numbers, he's actually a mindful coach as well, you know, so he helps him with a bit of meditation, a bit of mental toughness, and that's what Rob offers, which is incredible. He's very, very good. So Phil's taking that on board, you know, he's, um, he's preparing his body, but also Phil does prepare his mind. Yeah. Um, which I'm not <laughs> sure a lot of the other runners do. Yeah. Well, the thing with Phil is he's, um, because he's such a good runner, he looks so strong. Yeah. Like, but you just know that he, he's mentally tough. Like he's, he's, he would be as mentally tough as anyone out there. Like I'd say so. Oh no, definitely. Without no a doubt, doubt. Definitely. No definitely. Doubt. Because, um, yeah, there were some big players, you know, um, Harvey was there as well, Harvey Lewis, you know, who was the current champion, I suppose, from 2021 at the Worlds, wasn't he? It was 85. So uh, to take out someone of Harvey's stature is impressive. And it's good that those two met, actually. It's good because obviously Harvey's, Harvey's quite a big name in the States, you know, whereas Phil's never been to the States in this sort of, in this sort of event. So it's good that him and Harvey know each other now. Because it'll mean that when Harvey goes over there, he can, he can introduce Phil to the the rest of the world team champions or the, the world uh, world um, championships, mm. and um, that that I think that'll really help Phil as well. Because obviously everyone knows who Phil is, being the world champion. Yeah. But having someone like Harvey to introduce him will, will help. Anyway, we, that's a that's a good segue onto my question number three. Yeah. So you're taking forty one minutes for the first two questions. The next hundred and two will fly by. Right, the World Championships in October, it's obviously a massive deal. Um, the second time of running, because it ran in 21 with 85 yards, was the winning, the, winning, uh, the, the winning figure of Harvey Lewis. But obviously, you know, 85 yards now, I, I don't think that'll get you top 10. No chance this year it's going to go. Yeah. You know, I'd even call it, I don't think 100 will get you top 10. Mm. It's good, I think. Um, so, so we've got to, at the moment, Look at us. I did a bit of research today. So, obviously, we've got Phil Gore going, 102, Sam Harvey, Ryan Crawford, the big three, I think. They're, they're the big three. Um, I think Ryan, again, can probably go a lot further than 75. Um, then you've got Rob Parsons on 73, Aaron Young, and uh, James Blanton on 60, Michael Belmore, 56. Then a couple on the wait list. Ben Nichols, 56 on the wait list. Yeah. I think he's got, I think he's got a chance of coming in because, um, I think well, of the I think 35. He, only, he, only, he only needs one more runner to drop off and then he's that's in. That's what I mean. That's, yeah, I think he'll get in because looking at the 35 runners from the um, teams event, the winners from the teams, I think I think a few of those won't come over because they've got small titles, small total, sorry, from small countries. You know, they, they may find it difficult to come. So I think, yeah. I think my, I'm calling, I think Ben Nichols will get in at 56 because it's stopped now. It's finished now, hasn't it? Was it? Yeah, April, the, yeah, the, yeah so um, the qualifying time is fi- finished. Yeah. Done, yeah. So yeah. Ben's on fifty six, and also Tim's on fifty five. Yeah. So um, he, he again, I, I would suspect. I'm hoping it'd be nice for those two could get in. Yeah, it would so be that would give us what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, maybe eight, up, maybe up to nine Australian runners, mm. which would be incredible. Yeah, from, the um, seventy five starter. 
Yeah, Ben Nichols is running at the uh, in the Cairns two hundred miler starting tomorrow. That'll be a good training. Well, well, I suppose so. Maybe that's a little bit close, but no, no it's probably fine. Yeah. Again, the two hundred two hundred miler, you, you can treat it as a long hike, so um, it'll be good for him. But I, I, have you spoke to Ben? Does he think he'll get in? I think he's starting to realise it's a pretty good chance. Yeah, I'd say even so. even I think even even Tim's starting to think it could become a could become yeah. reality. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Looking at looking at the list, you know, there's 75 people ahead, but you know, life gets in the way. You know, I'll be very surprised if all 75 turn up. Very surprised. Never, yeah. never. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen because there's so much travel involved as well. Now I'm calling it. Those two guys are in. So if you're listening, start training, start packing your bags, and start booking flights, and that would give us nine. And I wondered, do you think that do you think the runners will then work as a team when they get over there? The nine runners, Team Australia. Yeah, look, they might. Um, but I, it's hard to say. I mean, like it just depends. Like, I know it's a hard one. To, like, I just can't, I just can't imagine what it's going to be like over there. Like, I, I think they definitely will. Like, I can see the WA boys sticking together. Like, Aaron Young, Phil, Rob Parsons. I can imagine them working together um yeah, i know i know ryan crawford is still not 100 percent in um because the cost of getting there is is quite a lot and is um he started a gofundme page actually to try and make get enough money to go over there so um he's he's still hoping to get over there but he's not sure his his last yeah. post just a couple of days ago actually he um he he went into he thought he had enough for the ticket, but he was only budgeting for one way. He saw it was a two way ticket, and then there's oh, like, now he's got his GoFundMe up up again. Oh gosh, yeah. that that would be a rookie error. <laughs> that would be the incredibly rookie error. You get because also you'd land in the states and they go right. Hang on a sec, you got a one way ticket. They wouldn't even let him in. Yeah. There's no way you get into America in one way ticket. Yeah. Anyway, all right, the GoFundMe, hopefully that Phil's doing something very similar. You know, I think Phil he's got a lot of T eight merchandise which was trying to sell and, and a bit goes towards towards sending him because yeah, this massive amount of money. Flights are so expensive. Yeah, and the other thing with the thing with Phil as well, he he knew he was gonna be there um since October last year. So he's had a lot of time to kind of um prepare. Whereas some runners like only know for sure they're gonna make the field in the last few months so um it's um it's not easy i mean it's a lot of money traveling from australia is probably one of the most expensive places to travel no, from. agreed agreed no you're right and, and ben and tim you know that ben and tim will be in a quandary because uh as you say that the nearer the time august now september october we're getting pretty close and you, you unlock the flights in the next you unlock the flights in the next couple of weeks so mm -hmm. i wonder when Ben and Tim are going to find out, actually. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's well, I'm, because, yeah. Well, yeah. if they make it, I know I know for sure that they're going to go if they make it. They're... Oh, brilliant. All right, fair enough. No, that's good to know. That's good to yeah. know. They, they, they'll make it. Mm. They'll make it. Yeah, I noticed, um, I noticed, I remember um, in the team championships last year, I don't think, I think maybe you said something. I remember I saw a quote from someone that, 
Um, I don't think Ryan and Phil even said anything to each other until about 50 laps. <laughs> you know, you know I, there wasn't much work, even though there was a team, I don't think there's much working together. I don't think they acknowledged each other until the, in the 50s and 60s. And then, of course, towards the end, mm. they ran together. But I think Ryan and Ryan's very much, uh, you know, focused, just keep moving forward. And, and, and I think Phil is as well. Um, they're yeah. both good competitors yeah. and they're both very incredibly focused individuals and I think to, maybe towards the end when it's just the two of them they had to start working together as such um, yeah well that's one of the uh, things I noticed at the um, dead cow gully actually um, if you're running at their pace you you can talk to them but um, but if you're not running at their pace then I mean there's not really all that much opportunity to chat no no true true all right anyway I've got here Time to pick a winner, Pato. Who's going to win the World Championships? Well, at the end of last year, um, I had an end of 2022 podcast. And one of the things we did is we made some predictions for 2023. One of my predictions was that they would break 100 hours at the Masters, which they did. And one of the other predictions is that Phil Gould win at Biggs. And I still think he will. Oh, excellent. Me too. Me too. I've been made up so happy, so happy. He deserves yeah. to win. Yeah. The only, the only fly in the ointment, of course, is those two, two, two Belgian runners, which worry me, the ones that, that I'm stopped at 101 together. Um, I wonder, have you been tracking them at all? Have you spoke to them, actually? Yeah, they, they, they've been on the podcast. Yeah. Um, the thing is, with their coverage, um, all of the footage that and photos, it it looked like they did it so easily, whereas with the Masters, it was more, um, you had a lot more access to what the runners were doing between loops. And you saw like Sam Harvey collapsed on the couch. You saw Harvey Lewis falling asleep on bed and almost unable. He couldn't even take off his own shoes. He was that tired, um, all that kind of stuff. Whereas, so... You wonder, were the Belgians actually um, in a similar kind of state between loops as well and we just didn't see it? Or did they really do it as easily as it looks like in the photos and videos that they released? Yes, I said that. Well, we'll, we'll find out in October, won't we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The other thing, got, the, other thing the, the Belgian course sounded like a beautiful flat course as well. Yeah, Whereas Biggs, the day course is meant to be a lot more technical. And I know when I had them on the podcast, Moren, he was a lot, he wasn't concerned, but it was definitely a factor running on the road at night was something he wasn't looking forward to because he doesn't do much running on concrete and asphalt. So that was yeah, something yeah. that he was wary of. Yes, I think unfortunately for, for, for Biggs, it's got to be a difficult course. If, it, if it's like a Hurdy's course, they'd just go on forever. You know, they, they, would, they wouldn't stop. You know, um, you get the 75 best in the world. No, yeah, I'm being serious. I think I've always said that they're going to get to the stage where as long as you can sleep, as long as you can sleep, that's the most important thing. If you get enough sleep and you drink and you eat enough, doing 6.7Ks in, you know, it's only eight minute Ks. And, you, know, yeah. you can just about walk it. Yeah. So you could get into some sort of routine where you could go on forever. You know, you really could. Yeah. Um, which brings me to one of the other questions, actually. Um, with that in mind, you know, 100, 
101, 102 hours. Are we going to get to a point, do you think, where it's it's just going to go on for too long and we're going to get to a point where you have to say, look, guys, this could go on for like days. This could go on for a week. You know, we, they could be doing, a hundred, like, say, like Sam, 150 hours and it gets to a point where actually it's too far and we're going to have to stop it. We'll either get to 100 hours and then we take off a minute per lap or we get to 100 hours and then, it, then we take off. We take off a position that if you finish the last, you're out. So then we, we force we force a finish. Will, will, will the backyard ever get backyard ever get to a stage where they have to force a finish because basically there's four or five guys who just go on for too long? Yeah. Look, I mean, I have thought about it a little bit, but oh, look, it's hard to say. Look, I know Sam, I heard Sam Harvey on a podcast say that he want that his goal for 2024 is to go for 150 hours. Um, wow. But, which is a thousand kilometers but i mean you've got to God. i i don't think i don't i think that breaking 100 is still only going to happen on special occasions i think it's the type of thing that will only happen once or twice a year and i don't even think it will happen every year um i think i i, I don't see the bigs going over 110 hours i just can't imagine it is what because the course is yeah. too hard and also i mean leading into a lot of races we often say oh this is going to go for 80 hours this is going to go for 90 hours like hurdies earlier this year a lot of people were saying oh 80 hours maybe even 100 hours but they still got to 58 which is is really good but and the same with dead cow gully people were saying oh they're going to get to 60 hours for sure and they finished at um, 41 or 42 so um it's always i think it's fun to imagine that uh, that they're going to go for like 150 hours but i don't think it will happen i, I just can't imagine no. it no that's a long time isn't it my god <laughs> thousand thousand kilometers i mean is it like uh, even if someone's physically able to do it are they men mentally going to want to do it like what's uh, good yeah, you're right you're right yeah like why is someone going to want to they've gone for 110 hours why are they going to want to go for 10 more because it's not they're not going to win any prize money for winning bigs like i think they i think they might win 100 bucks or something like that yeah it's well i suppose you're right it's the world record isn't it yeah well, once you like phil you know once you got to 102 and got the world record um yeah what's the point of going on you, you you take the African approach, there's no point smashing a world record. You just beat it by a little bit. So you can beat it by a little bit again and again and again and get lots of world records. Yeah. <laughs> so if Sam gets 150, he's going to upset a lot of backyard runners like <laughs> Phil. <laughs> no, that's, that's a good point. It's a good point. You know, I suppose you're right. Um, even though the winning totals, I don't think you're going to be winning, winning any backyard ultras if you're 16 or, you're, or you're even you're, I think I was very lucky with no time to die at 33. I think that's the last time you're going to see anyone win a backyard ultra in Australia in the 30s. Mm. I think the 40s are minimum now, and, and they're probably looking at the 50s and 60s being the norm. With yeah, with, with your hundreds being the being the world championships, the teams and the singles, and then when you get a few people like like you did with Sam and uh, Phil, who want to try and push it for the world record. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think that. Um... Yeah, look, I mean, I think that Australia is probably the, the fastest improving country as well. Like, I mean, if we finished third in the SAT champs, <clears throat> but the rate of improvement, like, 
in all these races, like Ryan Crawford and James Ben doing 60 hours just the other week, um, <clears throat> all these runners consistently going in the 50s and the 60s. Um, I, I don't see other countries improving like that, like Australia is. No, no I, I missed out on the team championships last year because uh, I just went, I just went out of, um, went out of. Uh, Good boy, good boy points for my wife, and she wouldn't let me go. <laughs> but I think I've been, uh, I've done 10 or 12 ultras, and uh, I really regret not going, I must admit, because it, it was an incredible event. Yeah. Um, and it, it would have been good to take part. But mm. I think I had so much on my plate. I think I had the Melbourne Marathon as well, and lots of other things, which shot me in the foot. Because now to get on that team for next year, you know, um, you, you'd, you'd have to be minimum. In the, I'd say minimum in the high fifties, yeah, um, or in the fifties, you know, yeah, and um, and I ain't gonna get that anymore. My days are getting those sort of numbers are over. Now you, you Pado, that would be a nice challenge for you to get into the states, so well, teams next year. That that's my ultimate dream goal. Yes, to make that be amazing. So yeah. I've signed up for Hysterical Carnage in um, November. And that's a silver yeah, ticket yeah. event. So that's going to be my grand final for this year. Like I want to do, like I, there's no timing out on a lap on that one. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go for it and see oh, what happens. Good man, good man. It's a great course. It's a great course. I've done that in the last couple of years and uh, incredible course. And it's, it's, and it's got the very similar, it's got a similar feel to Birdies because we sort of take over another, another caravan park in Loxton. Albeit mm. last year it was stopped at. I, I did something very similar to yourself. I think I stopped at 28 last year. I had run 100 miler two weeks before, or the week before. I'd done the Feral Pig a week before. And that's, <laughs> so I did a, to the, yeah, so that was, a, I don't know what I was thinking. But anyway, I, I stopped at 28 because my, um, it was so funny. I'd, uh, what was it? Michelle, the race director, uh, I, I come at lap, come at lap twenty eight, and my foot was really inflamed. It was incredibly inflamed. You know, it, I had definitely an issue. And so I said to Michelle, "Like, I said, look at my foot, look at my foot." And it was just this massive red in, inflammation. And all she did, I kid you not, was pull up my sock over, over my ankle. I went there, you go. <laughs> I was like, "What? Are you a doctor?" And it's just so funny. This, this, this. If you if you pull your sock up, you can't see it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I stumbled out and got about halfway around and yeah, just think, gave myself an excuse to drop out because I only wanted to do 24. That was, that was the plan, 24 laps. So I got to 28. And then at 30, this massive storm came in, as you know, and, and they shut the event, stopped, they stopped. Mm. You know, it'd be like the one where you where you, you dropped out at, you know, 26 and the guy won at 28, you know. You, yeah. You know, if I'd just done, if I'd just gone out for one more lap and then the, the lap 30, you know, I think there's about five left and, you know, I would I would have won, so to speak. Yeah, hysterical, but you you will love hysterical. It's a, it's a really, really, it's a very runnable course. Yeah. Um, it, and it's got some nice hills. Uh, there's some ups and there's downs, whatever. But it's got a really steep hill. But the good thing is, it's so steep, it's impossible to 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 run. It, you know, they've actually put stairs in last year, but you know, it's, but you have to walk the stairs. But that gives you quite a lot of gradient. So even though it's a bit of a pain walking up the stairs, you then you then get a lot of downhill. So and that's a good course. You'll You'll do well at that. Yeah, I can't wait. I'd love to see. You, I'd love to see you get into a team. So that's it. Yeah, you have to say to yourself, you know, I'm just going to have to bloody win this. 
yeah. um, or if not win it, and certainly go into the fifties. You know, you know, yeah. if you get into the you get into the middle middle high fifties, you should you should be top fifteen, I'd say, mm. and and the sixties would just about guarantee it. But I'd love yeah. to see you get into that. Yeah, well, I think it's going to be it's going to be a hot race with lots of good runners because uh, this time last year, a lot of runners didn't really know about the, making the Australian team and sat champs, and no, no. whereas now everyone everyone knows about it and they know how to qualify. So I think that's one of the other reasons why we're seeing higher numbers now too. But I think um, at hysterical carnage, we'll see a lot of people chasing that silver ticket, which will also mean yeah. that we're going to see a high number at that race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just say I shot myself in the foot. That was my one chance, and I blew it because there's nowhere on this planet, <laughs> nowhere on this planet. More a case of, um, you know, I'll be doing. Um, you're going to come across. Well, you could always come across for Herdies next year. You're going to come across uh, in I'm March. Signed up. I'm signed up for it. Yep. Fantastic. Good now. We'll, we'll we'll run together because I just want to do for. I did 47 there. I've got to do 48. I just want to do 48. That's yeah. it. It's my 10th ultra, and it's a back at ultra. I just want 48, and then I'm going to stop. <laughs> and then that's me retired. <laughs> so we'll, we'll do that together in March. So that would be great. Yeah, that, you know, yeah. And again, that that will be one where you can actually get get some big numbers. That's, yeah. To me, that's the fastest course of the lot, without without a doubt. Completely flat, completely mm. flat. A nice bit of trail at the end. Um, it's got a few bridges. Um, yeah, it's, and again, it's in March, so it's not not too hot, not too cold. No, it just, just ticks a lot of boxes. Paddy, you'll. If if you don't get it at hysterical, and then you can get your head down over over summer, and come across in March, and that'll be and that'll be a world record field. It's I think it's just about sold out again. Three hundred runners. Yeah. So it's in, it's incredible. Um, it's incredible to watch as well. So you'll do well at these. But oh, that's good that you uh you got a goal for hysterical. I shall I shall keep an I'll keep an eye on you. You, you said it now, so now you yeah. got to go and do it. Yeah. Well, I'm. I'm it is my ultimate goal. Like I, 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 I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't, I would never have believed, like a few years ago, that I'd even run five laps at a backyard ultra. So, just, um, but yeah, so it would be an amazing thing to do. Um, but we'll just have to. Oh, I'm going to try my best. I'm going to give myself every shot. Yeah, good on you. Good on you. <laughs> and again, if if for some reason it doesn't work out at hysterical, you know, you, you've got you've got hurdies and, and other backyard ultras as well. Yeah, as long as yeah. you keep learning, just yeah, keep learning cool. each time. Um, it doesn't get any easier, as you know, you know. Um, but again, you'll get that one where it'll all come together, and you'll be surprised. Um, you just got to back yourself, really, Paddo. You know, you've you've got enough experience now. You've done, you know, you've done thirty four, you podiums. You know what you know what you need to do. Mm. But um, it's a, it's you'd be surprised, you know, that it's, it's actually quite a small jump from thirty-four to, to forty-eight. You just got to go because I, I often find that, you know, say that time when me and Phil were, I was gonna, I was gonna drop out at thirty-three. I was done. You know, yeah. I'd called the wife and said, look, I discussed this in the back of the podcast we done myself. I called the wife, you know, I'm, I'm coming home, come and pick me up. That was lap thirty-two, and then lap thirty-three when Michael and Margie dropped out, I, I called her back and said, I can't come home, you know, because. I'm sending me and Phil left and I've got another, what, another 13, 14 hours, you know, like I went, you know, so, you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in goggins, you know, the 40% rule, you know, yeah. when, when you think you're absolutely buggered and you've got nothing left and you actually finished, you're at 40%. Yeah. You've got 60% there. And mm. people like Phil and Ryan and Harvey and Courtney and, you know, all, all these, all the big guns, 
can access that 60%. And um, I think that night with, with Phil, I got into my, you know, I got into the 60. I started using like that 60%. I didn't know I had. Yeah. Because I had to. Yeah. And then, um, and then another backyard ultra since then, I've, I've, I've still not been able to push through. But, but um, once you do push through, you'll be surprised how quickly 33 turns into 40, turns into 45, turns into 47 in my case. Yeah. You know, it just sort of happens. You know, you just get into a routine. So you just got to get into that routine. And someone like Phil and, um, and Ryan, you know, to them, as, as Phil says, the race doesn't even start to like the third or fourth day now. Yeah. You yeah. know, the first two or three days are a gimme for Phil. He doesn't even think about them. Mm. You know, he, there's no way he's, he's going to finish before 70, 80, 90 hours. So whereas me and you look at it for 24 hours, he's just moved the, you know, moved the bar to 90 is his minimum. Whereas me and you, it's always, oh, I've got at least 24. And if I get 48, I'll be stoked. Mm. So Phil's just moved that and he, he can access that extra, extra 60% as mortals can't or I can't at the moment. But that's what you got to do. You've got to channel your goggins. Yeah. yeah. So do, do you listen to music when you, when you um, do, the, do these backyard ultras? Well, that was one of the other changes I made, actually. At, um, at the Masters, I was listening to music at night time. And yeah. it didn't really it, it didn't really work. So I, I made I, at birdies, I still I didn't listen to music. I listened to motivational talks. Um, yeah, yeah, mainly they're yeah, mainly bodybuilders because I reckon those bodybuilders, they've got amazing mindsets like because they, they just work so hard. Um, yeah, yeah. And um, so yeah, they're just listening to bodybuilders talk and grunt while they're lifting weights is pretty much all I was listening to at 30s. But only at night time, at daytime, I didn't need to listen to it. But that's another thing. I, I, I reckon I took, I just was sick of my, having my headphones on as well. And I took them off. And that was also the lap when I timed out. And I reckon if I had, if I had that playing in my ears, I may have made it that, that loop as well. Yeah. You'd be surprised. Yeah. It's the it's 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 small little things that can make a big difference towards the end. You know, when, uh, when you're on those last few laps, you're right. So I think even the smallest, taking out your headphones and not having that motivational in yeah. your ear. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, oh, I'm going to stop and call my mates on my phone because I'm not listening to anything. And then, yeah. Yeah, but all joking aside, that's probably what it was. You know, if you were listening to music, you wouldn't have stopped you, you know, or, yeah. or your motivational speech. I'm a big fan of um, Audible. And I know Phil is as well. And I've spoken to Phil about that. And, we must start going back to Phil. This is more about you than Phil. But anyway, Audible's good. And for, for, for the listeners, Pat, who likes bodybuilders, <laughs> whatever, and, uh, and grunting and grunting, whereas I personally prefer articulate yeah. um, Audible books myself or, or Taylor Swift. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. Um, yeah. It keeps me going up, much to everyone's amusement. Yeah. <laughs> but I do like the Taylor Swift um, and, and also the 60s and 70s music. So I'm, I'm a big fan of, in, in, like, like you, Pado, in the evenings, putting on an audible book or some music and just fading away. And again, time just disappears. Um, a decent song, a decent song can really get you going. Or yeah. in your case, bodybuilding you know, or anything like that can make a big difference, can really yeah. make a big difference when, you, when you're feeling down. So keep that in your back pocket. Yeah. When I listen to it, like the one of the bodybuilders they'll say something that sends a, sends a shiver up your spine and it yes. just, it just yes. it, all the pain goes away and it gives you one or two kilometers of running 
where it feels like you're just running on air and then but and so it really it really helps me a lot actually listening to that so why'd you stop on lap 34 it was just the discomfort on like those shock like those shock those shocks earphones yeah, shock. like, that's why i use shocks yeah, they are good. the best they are the best but they were I was just sick of them on my head, so I took them off. I thought no. I, I thought I'll make time, so I took them off. I'll make time anyway, but um, no, it was a mistake. I've learned from that mistake, that's for sure. So was was that? And what time was that? Was that sort of in the evening? Yeah, I reckon it must have been about. It was dark, like my headlamp yeah, is open, so dark. it must have been about yeah. eight or nine o'clock. But that's the other thing. If I made it through that night, it would have. I pretty much would have made forty-eight hours because. Um, oh, guaranteed, guaranteed, guaranteed. Yeah. Yep, without a doubt. You know, um, I always say to people, you got to watch. The, the, to me, the witching hour. You know, the witching hours is obviously between like probably one, two in the morning till that till till first light. If you can get through one till five, because you can normally. In the day, you know, you, it's, it's good. Sun's out, you're chatting to people. And then when the dark comes, you know, it's, it's okay for the first few hours. You can get to midnight okay with the headlamp. That's not too much. But at one o'clock, you start feeling a bit tired. And then one till four or five, that's the witch now. That's when that's what's going to get you. It's cold. It's dark. You're not talking to anybody. You're over it. You know, <laughs> you get a little bit bored. I'm, I'm sick of Taylor Swift. <laughs> but yeah. as soon as the sun comes up, no one ever DNFs. No one ever DNFs at sunrise. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. No one, you know, the, as soon as the sun comes out, you've got guaranteed two to three hours minimum. Yeah. And then it starts to warm up normally. Wow, all of a sudden, you're looking at it's near lunchtime. Yeah. And then, uh, so yeah, you, you know, if you can just, if you can just get through the, uh, get through the sun, sunrise, it's, it's a gimme. It's a gimme. So, um, yeah, you should have kept your headphones in. What could have been? What could have been? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, look, I mean, I, I got so much confidence from the race. So, I mean, it's one of those things. I know I could have gone further, and that gives me more yeah. confidence for this Shepparton race I've got in a couple of weeks. Um, and um, and then uh, so I'm hoping to go into the 40s at Shepparton and then do even better than that at Hysterical Carnage. So um, what will there be any changes from birdies to Shepparton? Or, 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 well, or, or the same? <laughs> more of the same but i'm gonna be the first 30 hours without a crew so that will make it oh. tough but oh, i am cool. pretty well planned i'm very i've got everything well planned the only thing i'm going to need someone to do for me every few hours is just fill up my maggi noodles with some hot water but i'm going to have all my meals prepped out hour by hour beside me beside my recliner on a table i'll have i've got a portable um battery charger so i'll be able to charge my headphones and everything i need to charge no problem i just won't have someone to wake me up in case i fall asleep but i should i probably won't need to sleep on that first night anyway but my girlfriend will be there on the sunday evening and that's that will be that will be fine i'll, I'll get through it i know i must admit you know, that's one with the reason why I'll never go far in these distances, I can't sleep. You know, I'm the opposite. I'll take the no days at, at night, and then I'm um, just hallucinate for the second evening. <laughs> just enjoy the ride. <laughs> but of course, it does mean it does mean that really, after 48 hours, that's probably going to be enough. <laughs> Phil, Phil, I guess Phil again, but I'll be, I just because I know Phil, 
I know that he's a, he's a master of sleeping, and um, and that's what you need to do if you're going to get a big number. Even talking, you know, like this is talking to you as well. If you're looking at 50, 60 hours, you are going to have to learn how to sleep and get a good 20, 30 minutes, yeah, at least two or three times an evening. So that'd be fast laps, and then getting your head down and trying to get asleep. So you have to you have to get the, the camp bed set up, you know, get the tent with the camp bed in the back and then get someone. So as soon as you get down there, you know, this nice and soothing and, and um, you know, get the right um, atmosphere for 20, 30 minutes sleep. But you'll have to work on that, Tado, I think, if you're going to get into the 50s. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, I, but apart from that, I don't really have any other changes. One of the things that I learned from the Masters as well was that when it gets hard, um, stick to someone who's just stick behind someone. Don't and don't run slow. Don't find myself on my own because that's what happened at the Masters. As we started the twenty-first lap, we were running for five minutes, and I look around, and there was no one near me. Like I couldn't see anyone because everyone was so far away. That was when I realised I was running too slow. But yeah, that's when I. That's one of the things I really, I was told, like Rowan um, Cassidy, he said, oh, if, he, if he knew I was struggling, he said he, he would have got me to run with him. He didn't know I was struggling, though. <laughs> but he said, oh, if that ever happens, stick to some, stick to the back of someone and just don't let go. And that's really that's good, good advice. Good, good point. Yes, yeah, good advice. Yeah, that's happened, happened to me uh, a couple of uh back adults you're right where you all start together and then suddenly you're by yourself <laughs> what just happened where's everyone gone yeah in a couple of laps a couple of laps you then realize it's my turn <laughs> time taxi for matthews yeah that's a good point what about your strategy um because i'm a, I speak to chris martin about this um i'm very much uh i'll run the whole way i'll very rarely walk you know I, I don't run fast but i just like to stumble and just keep moving forward at a stumble rather than I know that Phil, again, because I know Phil, <laughs> and, and even Margie and, and a lot of the, uh, uh, probably most of the runners who set massive distances do do have walking strategies. Yeah. Well, all of the backyard ultras I've done so <coughs> sorry so far, yeah, so all the backyard ultras I've done so far, I'll pick spots to walk. At Birdies, um, there was about a 500 to 600 metre area where I would walk every time. Um, yeah. And they would see me doing laps in about 40, between 45 and 48 minutes. But I did, what I actually did, tried for the first time at Birdies and I really liked was my first three or four loops, I just ran nonstop, a little bit yeah, faster. Yeah. Um, and I was doing them in about 40 minutes. And I, I liked doing that because it just got me, gave me some longer breaks at the start, which I liked for some reason. But it, and it also gave me a time to pick where I would walk later. And rather than doing slow laps at the start and then slowing down later, I thought I'll do fast laps at the start, then slow down a little bit later and just try and keep that pace. And I thought yeah, that would no, no, quite well. So, yeah, I like that because I was running my laps too slow at Dead Cow Gully. I felt like I wasn't able to breathe between – I just didn't have time to mentally recollect my my vibe between loops. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
So that was a change I made a bit. It was a conscious effort to run my laps faster, and it was a lot better. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, it's amazing that the first, the first few laps at any backyard ultra, you know, you finish in about 35, 40 minutes, and you sit there for 20 minutes. You're thinking, yeah. this is ridiculous. I'm going to go on forever. You know, yeah, this yeah. Is, I'm going to smash it. You know, this is so easy, so easy. And then, like, 12 hours later, you're staggering in at 58 minutes, thinking, this is the hardest thing I've ever done in yeah. my life. I'll never do another one. You know, it is to quote, you know, it is, it's easy until it isn't, which mm. is why this is the whole format. But no, um, yeah, I think, so Birdies, a couple of years ago, Birdies was really wet and um, it made it, made it really hard to do fast laps because it's really soft underfoot and it was really wet, really yeah. wet year. And um, that's what got us in the end. We, we kept coming in. You know what it's like when you, when, as soon as you, you sit down, then they start the five minute music, yeah. yeah and, you know, then yeah. you know, and you know, because the music changes to five minutes to go, and then you got the two minutes, two minute warning. Is just as you sit down, you're like, no, you just got to get back up, <laughs> yeah. And and you, you just can't do that for too long, you know. Um, you, know, you do that for a few laps, and in the end, you're just gone because you're right. You haven't got that time just to reset, get yourself some food, get yourself some juice, decharge your batteries, mm. have yourself even two minutes shy. You know, just shut your eyes for two minutes and relax makes yeah. a massive difference yeah when you're rushing in and out and towards the end that's what happens mm. but now that's good yeah, but again i know that the, the run walk strategy does seem does seem to be the way to go and also faster laps for sleep when you want to sleep and and um because i think what what was phil's last i think phil's last lap was at 102 it was still something ridiculous wasn't it the world record lap was still it wasn't as if he's staggered in at 55 minutes yeah, I'm actually you know, um, sure, but um, yeah, he definitely, there was no issues with him making time, that's for no, sure. that's <laughs> what I mean, not at all, not at all, yeah. not at all. I think, you know, he, and again, I, I suspect that's because, you know, the mind has suddenly realised, you know, this is the last lap feel, you know, body to mind, fatigue, go away, you, know, you can do what you want. And I bet he yeah. felt fresh as a daisy for lap yeah. 102 yeah. because it was the last one. And again, that's the Goggins bit, mm. you know, the uh, fatigue. Is, is there just to protect the body. So when the body realizes it's coming to an end, you just got to convince yourself, Paolo, that every lap is your last. And if you can convince your mind that that's the case, you can go on forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I right, actually... more, more questions, more questions. Yep. Question number four. So you're on question four, and it's only been an hour and 17 minutes. <laughs> we better, right, question four. I did some digging and found 13 backyard ultras in Australia, right? with more coming online monthly. Mm. And um, I reckon there's about 59-ish countries which have got backyard ultras now. Do you think the backyard ultra will ever get mainstream in the in a way that the marathon is now? Uh, will it I be think, mainstream? I used to think it would. Um, I think it's definitely going to keep on getting more popular. Um, yeah. As far as mainstream goes, I don't know, but maybe, maybe. I know that they've got that um, Search for Hurt um, TV series. They're going to be focusing on the Backyard Ultra, so that will um, – I mean, I like, personally, I really think that um, Phil should be getting more recognition yeah, in agreed, the media. Um, yes. I mean, if you're going to be doing the amazing things he does, I mean, he should almost – it should he it should basically be his full time job. He shouldn't have to work. Agreed. He, agreed. Yeah. No. He, agreed, his achieve, agreed. His achievements should earn him 
endorsements and all that type of stuff. And hopefully, hopefully he wins bigs and that happens because it, it, I, it should. But you never know. I mean, you never know. You just have no, to agree. You know, um, he certainly he, he needs a good marketing manager, our, our Phil, you know, um, and he needs to become an influencer in, in Instagram because uh, I, I know he's got a lot of sponsors on board, like as we discussed, TA, TA sponsor him and, and um, the shoes, Tarquin. Tarkin, Tarkin, yeah, Tarkin, sponsoring, Tarkin yeah. sponsoring and stuff like that. But as you say, you know, you look at you saying, "Bolt, he's a multi-millionaire, and he just runs for eight seconds, <laughs> you know, or nine, nine, nine seconds, nine and a half seconds, <laughs> you know, those hundred meters." You know, Phil has, Phil has to go for a hundred and bloody two hours. <laughs> but yeah. um, but as you say, um, yeah, it's funny in it running. There's just not a lot of running. There's not a lot, a lot of running. I, running, I running. think if I think it could go mainstream if. Um, someone made a really good documentary. Um, for example, if someone made a really good documentary leading up to Biggs and they focused on three or four of the runners and kind of not really build up a rivalry but show really went into the personalities of each runner. Yeah. Um, good point. Good point the yeah. storyline behind um, what happened at the Masters between Phil and Sam and have – have an interview with them beforehand all the lead up to bigs their mindset and everything like that you could if someone did a good job you could make an awesome film that any that would appeal to anyone even people who didn't like running you could do it because um there's such good personalities like and they're such exciting races too those races because they're because they're um run in such a small spot the cameraman can ca capture everything they're not going to miss anything so agree, you can agree. you yeah. can that if it so i think it has the potential to go mainstream um and, and i think that's how it would happen just you just need to promote the personalities and have a really good documentary made and and i think it would probably you'd see some backyard ultra runners like phil and sam harvey probably um make it mainstream yeah no i agree agree and i must admit when the backyard ultra's on like i'm sure you're the same when the backyard ultra's on you know you're on facebook on the hour every hour checking checking yeah checking <laughs> yeah. who's coming who's getting through who's getting through and, and you get it was good with a live in a live stream when, when you guys were, were dead yeah the last one we Phil got the world record there was a that was live stream on the hour, every hour, wasn't it? We'd, we'd see the start and the finish. Yeah, and, um, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, that you, was you, good. you, you do get yourself, yeah, you get yourself sucked in. You know, I, I was going to bed late, and the uh, first thing I do when I woke up would be straight away to Facebook and check who's still yeah. running. Yeah. So it, it has got that, 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 um, it does that hook. Mm. So, all right, fair enough. Um, okie dokie. I've, uh, we, we've already answered question number five. Well, this is a contentious one. Mm. The gap between male and female records with the format mixing the mental and physical strength it really should equal should be an equal, i'm surprised the women's record is lagging behind because as we know women are the stronger race <laughs> so with with this one not being as physical you know with with the i think with the physical and mental um playing as much as, as you know, as much a part to the to the finished article, I'm I'm surprised that the women's record, which is, is it Jennifer Russo, did you, you and you wish you've in, you've interviewed Jennifer? Yeah, you? yeah, seventy four. She's on, 
74 and um but she's a, a an old lady as well older my vintage in her yeah, 50s she's um in her 50s yeah so yeah and took um, up running late like yourself yeah yeah so people like that are a real inspiration like yeah. um people who are doing that type of stuff and but i think it's a numbers game like because there's more guys at running backyard ultras um you well, just, well, I, I, I say that you say that you say that but at hurdies you'll be surprised you'll be surprised at hurdies i'd like to see the split there's a mm. lot of women running hurdies because I, I think the self is, is a format which which should appeal to, to the women as well as well as the men because um you know it's only 6.7k you, you can just come along and do a couple of laps and also you haven't got with ultra running a lot of ultra right people are put off by the fact i'll see you at the start and then i'll see you four days later at the finish yeah. you know that there's no interaction what i love about backyard ultras is every hour on the hour you're in the lead you know yeah. you're in front of field goal if you want to be in front of field goal <laughs> for that yeah. hour you could be you could be in the lead yeah so um i just wonder someone like courtney the water at 68 i just wonder if she really gave it her all i i, I would say that courtney the water could match yeah could go 100 could go 100 yeah. i'd say she can go 100 because she's so strong mentally but i think i don't think that she has given it uh you know it's not her target race because obviously she's so big in, in other races mm. we, we need a a woman gun like courtney to say i'm going to try and run as fast as i can and see if i can close the gap 74 is still bloody incredible of course it yeah. is but you but you look at the um i think i looked at the 75 for the bigs and i think there was i think i counted less than 10 women mm. yeah. it's not the split i thought it would be but again maybe they'll catch up yeah well look as, as it becomes more mainstream and more women do it I, I reckon we'll and this year we've had a few we've had um pam muston win at gumby we've had um margie hadley yeah. win margie at, yeah win at um so that's two um in one year i mean it's pretty it's pretty good yeah yeah now I, I think it's an event which does um which does lend itself to to certainly an, an equal footing for both male and female the only thing and, uh, is i forget who was saying one of the one of them was, it might have been jess smith or someone i forget who but they were telling me the hard thing about backyard ultras for girls is there's no toilets around oh gosh of course and because yes, and because and because there's so many because you, it's a backyard or you're running with people you can't just go to the toilet because there's people around like in the no, bushes no, like no. A guy can. no you're right yep yeah so think that, about that yeah it does make it harder yes no i'm totally whereas a man the whole world is our toilet <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So one of, the, one of the benefits we've still got of being the men they can't take away from us. We can still. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and on many occasions in backyard ultras, I have. Anyway, all right, fair enough. We'll see what happens in the future. Yeah. Well, I've, I've already got a few more questions because we've been going for an hour and a half. <laughs> right. Question seven Favorite interviewee and why? Obviously, not me. You can't say, I know it probably is me, but you can't say me, someone else. I've had look seriously. I've had a lot of I, a lot of the time. I'll finish doing a podcast, and I just um, am so excited 
because I've enjoyed it so much. And I, I'm just lying in bed and I can't sleep because I'm just so excited with the podcast I've just recorded. <laughs> um, like, like this one, Paddo, like this one. You, yeah, you ain't going like, to sleep tonight, buddy. Yeah, this one, this one's great fun. Oh, I won't be sleeping. No, I won't be sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, the one I did with Phil after he won the Masters I thought was something something special i mean he was yeah. he was so good um and i thought i anyway i don't want to sound up myself but i think i asked some pretty good questions as well and oh, we just yeah, yeah. We, it was obvious we were both feeling the vibe we both wanted to record a good podcast so i tried my best at asking some good questions he tried his best at answering them um so that was a good one i was really happy with the one i did with sam harvey before the masters because he he's a yeah, yeah. really interesting dude. Like he's young for a backyard ultra runner as well. Like yes, he's only yes, yes. And when I look at my, I think he's he's got some crossover appeal. Like he, when I look at the stats for my podcast, he's easily got the youngest demographic of listeners. So he's definitely breaking some barriers there. Um, and he was just really um, honest and with his answers and a really interesting guy because I didn't know him at all before, but he's just his mindset, how, how much he, how much he believes in himself and how confident he is in saying, I'm going to break a hundred hours and he goes out and does it. I thought it was pretty yeah, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. As I said, he's a dark horse. I think he's a dark horse. You, you will learn from his uh, assist, world record assist with Phil. Yeah. All right. Number eight, what are the three things you've picked up from your podcasts? Main, main three things you've picked up from your podcast over the couple of years you've been doing this. Uh, the three things. Well, the first thing was to make a nutrition plan. Um, yeah. I had, um, good. yeah, so I had Gabby um, on um, yeah. from Intense um, It Fit. Um, she was awesome. I learned so much from that podcast because I didn't know anything about electrolytes or anything like that um, <laughs> hang, on, you, hang on you had your coconut coconut water yeah yeah so after <laughs> I, it. yeah all i knew was coconut <laughs> yeah but um now but after i spoke to her i brought up a nutrition plan so yeah um that was the first thing nutrition learning from gabby yeah, yeah. that was a huge thing um just listening there wasn't the other two th other two things what else i guess it's just um everything that i've learned from phil is helpful because he is the best and the amount of thought and planning he goes into he puts into his races is pretty amazing and and i just love watching um that youtube video where he loses his first backyard ultra at birdies yeah. And you can tell he, he just went away and he just thought to himself, I am never going to lose a backyard ultra ever again. And he just put and he, so and he hasn't. Yeah. Yeah, hasn't. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that would have been Birdies 2001, probably the last time he lost to Michael Hooker. Yeah. And uh, that was it. Yeah, it's been a couple of years. He's, he's, on, a, he's on a bit of a winning streak. All right, that's your yeah. second one. One more. Come on. Um, let's think. Uh, let's think. I guess... Um, the other thing is just um, when I spoke to Evo and Marin after they broke 100, how yep. they were the ones who really 
um, emphasize how important mindset was in a backyard ultra. Um, yeah. Evo, he his thing, his mindset was he was kind of just pretending it was each hour was a day, and going for his um, loop was going to work. And went in between loops, it was his like come home, have a sleep, have something to eat. And then start of a loop back to oh, work. Okay, and that was yeah, his mindset. And oh, um, wow. yeah, so I thought that was I thought that was interesting. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, I, I've learned a whole lot. I, I can't believe I, I'm so glad I did this podcast because um, when I first decided I was going to, I thought, yeah, I'll probably just ask a few people. They'll all say no, and that will be the end of it. I'll, at least I tried, but everyone says yes. It's awesome. Yeah, no, no. No, it's been brilliant. It's brilliant. I think it's gonna it's gonna get go big guns as well, you know. Just keep doing what you're doing, Paddo. It's just a winning formula. Yeah. Right, my last question, because it's it's half past eight and I need a cup of tea. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I know you're coming to Hurdies, but we did discuss this. Are you gonna come to Delirious in February and run two hundred miles with me? Well, I knew you were gonna ask this question. So, <laughs> I've thought so it's a yes. <laughs> it, well, it's not a it's not a yes, but it's not a no because I've decided that I'll do it in twenty twenty five. Ah, be too old then. twenty like no, it is it is a big ask. If you if you if you're targeting herdies, I must admit, if you're targeting herdies for possibly getting into the teams. Mm. You need to be fresh because um, Delirious is only four or five weeks before. Yeah. And you'd have to be stupid like me to do them both because we always regret it. After about 18, 19 hours at Herdies, we're sitting there by legs in the air going, why did we run 200 miles five <laughs> weeks ago? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I love both the events so much that I can't miss them. I'm like a kid in the candy store, so I have to yeah. do Delirious. I have to do Herdies. All right, that's no dramas. In that case, I will um, definitely see you in uh, in March. Yeah, but before then, of course, is the big one in in, in October. So we need we need to um, get very get getting very excited about that. Like you, I'll, I will certainly be following it on the hour every hour, and then um, I'm, I'm expecting big things from the Australian team and yeah, yeah. Harvey Lewis. What did you think about Harvey Lewis? He seems like a really cool dude. Eh? Yeah, look, he is a guy who just loves loves people, and like you can just tell yeah, he loves yeah. being around people. Um, he was so nice. Like on that first day, he wasn't he wasn't running on his own. He was hanging around the back, making sure everyone was getting back in time, remembering wow. everyone's asking everyone their name and remembering their names. Um, he was such a nice guy. He's actually on, I've got him on the podcast next week, actually. So that will be good. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. It looks cool. Yeah, but he gave me some – like he was giving everyone advice. One th one advice that he gave me, which I've used ever since, was I wasn't carrying any liquid with me. Now, I don't know why because it's something I obviously should have been doing. He, was like, he couldn't yeah, believe definitely. it. Why, don't, why aren't you carrying a, a water bottle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, definitely. oh, I have got to carry a water bottle. Yeah, Always yeah. carry a <sighs> Backyard Ultra 101, <laughs> you, could carry a, you could carry a bottle full of your coconut water if you want, but carry a bottle, um, <laughs> yeah, 500 mil. Yeah. And it's got to be a collapsible, collapsible as well, of course. It collapses towards the end and you can stick mm. it in your shorts, in your T8 shorts. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it just gives you something to do, you know, if you just 
give yourself yeah. a bit of water all the time. So that yeah. that takes care of your hydration. That's six hundred mil every hour before you drink when you sit down. That's right. So, well, yeah, oh, it's good that yeah Harvey passed that on. That's good. Yeah. So that was around lap seven. I think he told me that. And ever since then, I've haven't I, I've run with a uh, bottle in my hand every single loop. Yeah. yeah since. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. That includes yeah, all four loops at Verdi's too. Yeah, no, no, for sure, definitely. It's just, yeah, it's just a one-on-one. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm a big, big fan of Bix hydration. Um, so I always have Bix hydration in in the in the uh, in the water bowls because it actually is fizzy. Right. It tastes nice. You know, yeah. you know, try and use Bix because what I like about Bix is it actually tastes nice. Yeah. You know, a lot of electrolyte drinks just don't taste nice. You know, like like um, Tailwind and you know Power, oh, Gatorade and Powerade. No, but Tailwind is so land isn't it right, yeah so well tailwind is what i drink um but what i found also kev is that when i timed out at the masters and i had a big drink of water right before and I, i'm right. thinking maybe i flushed out too many electrolytes so what i've also <laughs> stopped doing and i didn't i did one of the rules i made at birdies was not to drink any water till i finished so the whole 34 hours, I didn't drink plain water once. I just drank Trailwind. And when I had a craving for water, what I would do is I had some juice and I would just have a big um, swig of um, mango or apple juice or something, and that would yeah, take yeah, the yeah. cravings for water away. And um, and, I, and it worked for me. I'm not sure if it, if it, if it makes sense, but it worked for me. No, well... Yeah, it's, well, tailwind is good. You know, it's full of all the good things you need to do, but um, I just find it can be a bit bland. So um, yeah. have, have a look at Bix because Bix um, mm. do all different flavours, you know, and they're fizzy and it's actually a nice drink. Mm. So I enjoy drinking that. Anyway, all right, good. Well, I think that's about it. It's half past eight, past my bedtime, a cup of tea and I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. thanks for that, Pad. How, so well, I, I've enjoyed yourself being uh, interviewed for a change. Yeah, yeah. Th thanks for um, thanks for the suggestion because a few people actually messaged me after birdies and said, "Oh, you need to interview yourself." Now I'm not sure. <laughs> if that yeah. So um, yeah. So you sending me that message with that um, idea was really was really good. And it's right to say you deserve it because they say you know um, you've got big goals for this year and uh, maybe next year. So I think it's crossed that you get to the uh, the teams. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, I look, think it'll I've be a wonder wonderful experience. Yeah, yeah. And look, I've got to say, um, doing this podcast as well, it's so many people write to me saying, well done, good luck. I've made so many friends from doing this podcast. Um, and just from doing Backyard Ultras, I have I wasn't a loner before I was do I didn't, but I feel like I've got so many more friends now than I before my Backyard Ultra days. No, it's a community. It's definitely a community. Community of crazy people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think that's a good thing. That no, is, it is. And, and I say, and birdies especially, you know, I think birdies is very special. I've experienced yeah. it now. I was going to say, I love it at night, like you discussed, all, all the lights are on, you know, in, in the finishing crowd, and it puts all the lights all around yeah. you. It's like Christmas. Yeah. And um, and everyone's there for the, for the few days. And you're right, yeah, backyard ultras do connect people because you see them, on the hour, every hour. It's not yeah. like an ultra where, as I said, you know, like you do a delirious, I love delirious, but you, there's 30, 40 people at the start 
and then you see him again four days later in Albany. <laughs> well, okay. A lot of the time, a lot of the time, you're running by yourself. Whereas the yeah. backyard ultra on the hour, every hour for forty-eight hours, you see people, and, you, and it's it's very sociable. So um, yeah, cool. Right, go on. I'm off my cup of tea. <laughs> All right. No worries. Thanks, Kim. Thanks. Hello. No worries. Great to speak to you again, buddy. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll keep in touch. And uh, yeah, if sure. I don't speak to you before, good luck at Hysterical. I'll be keeping an eye on you. I'll, I'll reach out before, give us yeah. some tips. Yeah, 100%. Well, I'm sure we'll message each other during bigs as well. Oh, definitely. Oh, without a doubt. Without 100%. Doubt. All right. Nice one, buddy. All right. Have a good one, Kev. Yeah, see you, mate. <laughs> Bye-bye. Hey. If you've enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you could share, comment, like, subscribe, all of that. If you've got any feedback, shoot me a message. Hope you have a great day. See ya.